And welcome to the week six edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, got a good lineup of games coming up. Had several good games last week. Uh, I'm ready to get into it, man. Yeah, we, we we have officially reached the halfway point in the season and starting to get a real feel about no, we're, get, we're getting to the point of the season where we're really starting to get a true feel about where all of these teams are at in Central Texas at this point in the season. And, and as you mentioned before, a lot of great games from last week. And let's start off with probably the biggest shocker in Central Texas last week. How about Rosebud Lott defeating Crawford 28-27, a previously zero-win team Rosebud Lott at that? Yeah, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, you know, I looked at Rosebud Lott about getting uh, – them on and talking to the coach over there and they just really hadn't done anything this year and, and well I'm not saying they haven't done anything but they were 0-3 right yeah. going into this game and really didn't think they had a chance against Crawford you knew they had some good athletes they had some guys coming back uh, you know I knew they had a freshman quarterback and they, they got Jamarcus uh, Johnson coming back which is a really great athlete but didn't think didn't have them uh, beating Crawford for sure I don't and, think uh, anyone did you know we'll get into it uh, we're, we got Bryce on and we'll get into that a little bit more uh, you know about playoff implications on, on a what that region looks like with a Crawford team that's not like a normal Crawford team yeah absolutely I mean we talked about it in the last couple weeks for Crawford. And you say that Crawford's down, but they're still good. But they're in, as far as Crawford's standards go, they're down. But when you have to replace a you know key number of three-year starters like Luke Torbert and Breck Chambers and guys like that, it really takes a hit with all these younger, younger guys coming up still trying to find their place on this football team. And it showed, you know, I mean, Rosebud Lott, again, they were 0-3 going to last week's game. And I guess that just turned out to be kind of a trap game for Crawford, and they just fell short by one point. Yeah, and a good game this week coming up, Rosebud Lott and an undefeated Riesel team that Whew. doesn't give a, up a whole lot of points. No, and, uh, yeah, we'll dive more into that game later. But Riesel, they haven't given up a point since week one. That is unbelievable. But And as you mentioned before, uh, just now, we have Bryce Cherry on uh, the show today. We'll have him – we'll kind of split him up in two parts. Uh, Kenny had a, a chance to talk with him earlier this week, and it, and it ran for, what, 26, 27 minutes. It's, yeah. no, it's, it, it was great stuff. You know, you covered, you know, most of the districts in Central Texas. Kind of a, a you know, mid-season update to where yeah. all, the, all the district standings are. So we'll bring you that. We'll kind of split that up into two parts later on. And how about a – Another game from last week, a kind of, you know, when you look at it on paper, kind of a shocking result. But when you look at the injury bug as Benton Hillsborough, as they fell to Robinson last week, 21 and nothing on the road. I mean, they're they're pretty much down to their emergency quarterback, Kenny. Moses Rangel went down and then uh, their second string quarterback wasn't able to play either. So they're just kind of scrambling to find someone to lead the offense and just took their lumps, man. And then Robinson defense took advantage of that, held Hills a, you know, 
an explosive Hillsborough team with a lot of stud athletes to no points and then scoring 21 on their own. And then that's, again, that's four straight wins for Chris Lancaster and company. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure that the second string guy didn't play. I just heard. Oh, okay. I didn't get to watch the whole game. I did watch some of it, but it was real grainy. Yeah. It was an NFHS game that, you know, really didn't follow the ball real well. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of thought with them bringing in that the, the other quarterback that it might uh, give that offense a boost. But, man, give credit to Coach Lancaster. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven nothing going late in the first half. Yeah. Uh, Robinson gets a kind of a Hail Mary type play there to make it 14 nothing, and, you know, scored one more in the third quarter. Uh, low scoring game. I thought it would probably be a little bit more. I think we both did. You know, they yeah, scored a little bit more I points. I think we both, both said it was going to be a shootout. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, uh, talked to Steve Al- Almute uh, last week. You know, I think that offense is still kind of a work in progress. They got a new coordinator. They've got the athletes. I think they'll hopefully get, get things going uh, by district time. But, yeah. Uh, Man, what a great what a great win by Coach Lancaster and the Robinson Rockets. Yeah, for sure. And they're on an uphill path, man. They're uh, they're upward trajectory rather. They're playing very very solid football right now, and they're adjusting to that new system that Chris Lancaster has implemented very very quickly. So another nice pre district win for Robinson, and then a, a game that. Another game that we talked about last week that could be a shootout absolutely ended up being a shootout as Lorena comes out on top over Cameron Yo 43-41. And again, that game pretty much went exactly how we expected it to. Yeah, I got to catch the – so I was I had to actually work last Friday, so I was swapping mm-hmm. through uh, games, and I caught the last little bit of that game. I finally found a stream for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it looks like Cameron came back and kind of tied it up there and uh, – Lorena or got it within a score, and then Lorena went and scored again, and then uh, then Cameron came back and scored with what a minute and a half left to so, make it yeah. close, and just couldn't get the ball back and, and make it happen. But it's kind of like last year, uh, you know, Cameron I think got out to a pretty good lead, mm-hmm. and then Lorena comes storming back, and uh, Cameron escaped with the W, and this this time uh, Lorena got out of there with the W. It's just, it's just a fun district, man. It's like we've been talking about all season, you know. This is Franklin. This is still at this point Franklin's district to lose. There's no doubt about that. But the battle for two through four on these playoff seedings has been amazing and so fun to watch so far. And I think it's only going to get better as the season goes along. Yeah, and you get – Hey, you're so happy you made the playoffs, and guess what? <laughs> First round, you get Columbus or Yoakum or how? I mean, it's God, Region Three, man. That's just a rough, rough spot. Oh my right goodness there. gracious! Uh, you know, last year, like we, uh, Lorena got knocked out of the first round by Columbus. You know. Mm-hmm. Defending state champ finishes fourth and gets oh, no. I think they finished third. Columbus mm-hmm. got second in a tiebreaker or something like that. But yeah, that's a tough uh, little district, and you know, and the district made that first round. Those matchups are going to be pretty good. Yeah, and it's I can't. I mean, again, we're only the half point, halfway point of the regular season, but especially when you look at Class Three Division One, not just in Central Texas, but just throughout the entire state. Those first, first and second round of the playoffs in that division are just unbelievably – they're just all heavy hitters all across every single region. So it's super fun, and we're really not that far away from that point of the season. But uh, then moving on, staying in Class 3 Division One again we touched on last week, uh, Grandview came out on top over Maypearl 34 to nothing. And again, we talked about it last week. I think this was Maypearl's first true test of the season. And Grandview at home, you know, they – they answered the call. They had a Maypearl team that was unbeaten and scoring a lot of points heading into that game, and they shut them out at home. Yeah, and, you know, not. I mean, we thought maybe 
Mayapril might come out and put one or two touchdowns on the board early, yeah. and then and then Grandview would kind of settle in. But you know, it looks like Grandview came out ready to go and shut them down early. And uh, it's a heated rivalry game. Yeah, yeah, and, and did their part and scored their points. And I, I didn't get to see any of it. I had some friends mm-hmm. and buddies go, and they said, you know, just really wasn't a ball game. Yeah, and then uh, another one, uh, one that was absolutely a fun ball game in Class 4A, Connolly traveled over to Gordonwood Stadium in Brownwood to take on the number seven ranked Lions and fell a little bit short, 31-28, but a a valiant showing of there by the cadets on the road against a very, very good Lions team. Again, top ten in the state in Class 4A Division One, and only to lose by three. Again, when you're Connolly and you're looking at your upcoming district slate, you need to play teams like this. And the fact that they played an unbeaten seventh-ranked Brownwood team on the road to just three points, really impressive showing, even in a loss for Connolly. Yeah, and I got to watch some of that uh, that game. And, you know, uh, Kiefer Sibley, I mean, he got his yards, but he didn't seem like he really got going until that mm-hmm. fourth quarter. I think he broke a, a long one. Uh, man, a quarterback for Brownwood is a stud. That kid, uh, he is something else. And, you know, another thing is that you get down, like those type of teams, those run-heavy teams, and you get down late in the ball game, and you got to throw the ball, it's kind of hard for them. But, you mm-hmm. know, that last drive, uh, Conley had a, a drive to go down and, and kick a field goal to try to tie it up. And they had they connected on two pretty good passes and, and a good run, and I think they got inside the 30. And uh, the kicker, you didn't make a good kick, so that they missed it with uh, time expiring. But uh, yeah, it was a good test for Conley. Uh, Brownwood's pretty good, you know, yeah. and they're they're a D one four A school. And uh, man, you know, just this tough schedule they've had, it's not going to do anything but uh, make them better. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know, kind of like what we said against uh, China Spring, nothing to hang your head about. You like to win those games, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they'll be fine as well. But they do fall. By three last week on the road to an unbeaten top 10 team. Great showing by the cadets, despite the loss. And then a result from last week that kind of surprised me here. I think we both had Grosbeck winning this game against Mejia at home. But 30-9, to nine, the Goats come out on top. What a performance by Jerry Bomar's team. <laughs> I just think about this and all the running they're doing, and it just cracks me up because I've known – you know, you know, Coach Bomar is just, you know, one of the first kind of running, not run and shoot, but spread it out, throw them guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know what system he ran back when he was at Grand Prairie or up in mm-hmm. Kalisburg or whatever. But, uh, you know, I've, the times I've seen him play, they, they spread it out and throw it. And well, now he's just running the crap out of the ball. And, uh, we had Coach Bomar on last year, and we're going to try to get him on again this year before one of these big games. And he's fun to talk to, and yeah. he's a hell of a football coach, man. Yeah, he, he won a state championship with Grosbeck back in his first stint. I think it was 1991 mm-hmm. he won a state championship there. So he's back. I'm not saying they're a state championship caliber team this year, but they're they're still pretty damn good. A lot better year. than we thought they were going to be. Oh, you know? no doubt. And, uh, uh, he, I don't know that they're up there with uh, Teague yet. You know, it'll be fun to watch that game. It, the, I, I don't think either one are up there with Malakoff. No, but. no one in this district is. But no one in this region yeah, is, honestly. I just don't, yeah, I'm there with you. But I think I think when when uh, Grosbeck and Teague play, that will be the battle for the number two playoff seed, no doubt about it. But it's it's still a fun district two through four to look at. Again, it's like it's like we mentioned before with that district seven, three, division one. Or District Nine, rather, with the uh, with uh, Franklin and all them. It's Franklin. Yeah. It's Franklin's the clear cut favorite, but two through four is just seeing how that shakes out is going to be really, really fun. And it's the same thing in this district. Yeah, and I think for sure Malakoff, Teague, 
Man, gross boat, but yeah, as far as Kemp and Fairfield and, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? I mean, yeah. Fairfield snuck in there and got that four, didn't they last, I think? They I think got so. That four I think spot. so. Uh, yeah, that just, you know, just looking at stats and the schedule, it just, you know, it's going to be a dogfight for that fourth spot between those people, those dudes. Yeah, for sure. And then another game, as we just mentioned, District 9, 3 Division 1, Little River Academy takes care of business against Troy, 49-21. Wasn't this game, like, close early on and the Academy just kind of pulled away towards the end? Yeah, uh, I watched some of it, too. I was uh, channel surfing, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it was – Academy was keeping it within a score or two there for a while. And kind of at arm's length. Yeah, and yeah. then at the end, uh, you know, they just ran away with it. You know, Cavalli okay. nearly had a really good game. That quarterback, uh, Casey Mraz, is one of the best in the area. You know, just as, at you know, maybe doesn't have the best physical skills and doesn't sling the ball over the place or run the ball, but I think just the way he commands that offense, mm-hmm. and he, he never looks like he's uh, – ruffled or, or anything like that you He's know just, just like a, a real field, a field general yeah a real calm mm-hmm. cool collective type dude and uh they're a good ball team man they're yeah. a really good ball team yeah and we'll have to and we mentioned it before that you know we had them i don't remember where did you have them when we had our preview i think i had them third or fourth i, had fourth. I, had, I, I think i had them th- i had franklin cameron yo lorena and little river yeah i think i think i had i think i had them at fourth as well but they're they're looking good man yeah and this will and we'll, we'll touch on their game later on they have a huge one this week against lorena but if they beat lorena this week then that they play at Franklin in the last week of the regular season. That could very well be for the district championship. And, you know, it'd be a big shock. You know, I'm not saying they would go out there and have a great chance to beat Franklin, but they have a better chance than they probably ever had before. Yeah, and you can say, well, Franklin's on a different level, and they probably are, but you won't know until the game's played. Mm -hmm. And first, Lorraine's got to win this one this week, and then – that would uh, shape up to be a pretty nice one up there in Franklin. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, Academy 49, 21 winners over Troy last week. And then the last game that we covered last week, another another one-sided affair. I think this has pretty much sealed the deal for Axtell to win their district as they take 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 care of business over Cayuga 34 to nothing. Just a huge win. And, again, just a testament to – the amazing turnaround that this Axel Longhorn program has taken already in just year two under Coach Horn. Yeah, uh, you know, Cayuga was their only district loss last year, so they avenged that one. And uh, you're going to hear this when we talk with Bryce Cherry. You know, there's a way that you can kind of configure these playoffs and – you know, Axel could make a run. They wouldn't meet a Toller or a a, a Coleman until, you know, late, late in the the region. So – Man, you know, I think that there's just nobody in that district that's going to challenge them, and, and they'll get that number one seed. And, uh, yeah, it was impressive. Really, really good defense. You know, shut down a Cayuga team that has uh, been scoring some points, uh, probably not as strong as they were last year. And I think Axel's uh, a little, if not a lot, better than they were last year. You know, oh, yeah. Especially the second year under Coach Horn. So, yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, for sure. And we were talking about earlier, if, if things line up right, like you just said, they they might not run into a Toller or a Crawford until like the fourth round of the playoffs. So that would be a huge – I mean, they, they won a playoff game last year, Axtell did. And to go from a team that was just 0-10 just like three or four years ago and then to have the opportunity to make it to at least the third or fourth round of the playoffs this year, I mean, again – we, we've we've beat this drum so much on this show about wherever Craig Horn goes, he he just he just wins and he just 
He needs just, to be a sponsor of this shit. I, I <laughs> guess we talk we talk about him all the time, but for Greg good Horn for good reason. Need to be our sponsor for, for good reason. I mean, both in their respective departments. Kiefer Sibley is a running back, and Craig Horn is a coach. Just phenomenal, top notch, just in Central Texas. But yeah, that's our uh, week five review. A lot of get uh, recap rather. A lot of great games from last week. And uh, before we jump into our week six preview, we, of course, have our weekly Matt Step question of the week. And the question for Mr. Step this week was, with Crawford falling to Rosebud Lot last week and Toller winning convincingly, uh, convincingly against a previously ranked Comanche team, do you see any team in Class 2A Division One Region 2 giving Toller a, r- a real challenge uh, the rest of the way on route to a regional final matchup. And Matt Stepp's answer was, I think the I think Toller is the clear favorite in Region 2, but it's a long season and anything can happen. Crawford and Coleman will still be tough outs, and Axtell continues to improve under Coach Craig Horn. It's 2A football, and a couple of key injuries can really change the landscape of things for each particular team. So it's f- a far from a guarantee that Toller will run the table and that's a good point too I mean class 2a is the it's the lowest 11-man classification in the entire state and depth is always an issue with every single team in the district no matter how good you are and you know you look you talk about Toller they haven't seemed to drop off very far they've lost Peyton Brown we're still not sure if it was from an injury or something else but they haven't had him all since week one and but they haven't fallen off. Like we mentioned before, they beat a very, very good ranked 3A team in Comanche very convincingly on the road. And it just seems like Coach Jeremy Mullen's team still hasn't skipped a beat. But that's not the case with every single 2A team across the state. And especially with this re- with this region, it's very top-heavy. With, again, Toller being the clear favorite, as Matt Stepps said. I agree with that. Crawford and Coleman, although Crawford is – Definitely a step down from where they were last year. But, again, just when you lose guys like Luke Torbert, Breck Chambers, and the like, it's hard to ask anyone to step in and make an immediate impact, even with a very deep and very, you know, tradition-heavy program like Crawford. But it's nice to see that he – that Matt Stepp mentioned – Axtell as well like it's it's nice to see that they're getting some recognition just for being a doormat so long and being able to turn around that quickly it's just it's it's amazing to see yeah and this may just be a one-off for Crawford you know mm-hmm. Rosebud Lot might oh, yeah. just caught him on a bad night and yeah. Crawford may come back and run the run the table Absolutely. and beat, beat a very good you know don't forget about Marlin oh yeah and don't forget about Riesel you know Riesel's <laughs> got uh Rosebud Lot this this week and, and we'll figure out uh, who's who there so that district still got you know some really good teams and you know you, a valley mills team could sneak in there and, and do something so uh yeah and then coleman you know over there with toller yeah. you know nobody wants to play those dudes in nope. the first second or third round so yeah that's kind of a a cool little region about you know you, like he said you know toller is the favorite but mm-hmm. man there's gonna be some good matchups leading yeah. up to that regional finals yeah for sure and again i, I don't want to get you know i don't want uh anyone to get me wrong i still think crawford is a, you know, a top tier team in class two division one there's no doubt about it they're just still trying to find their pieces with these new guys that's the only point i was trying to make and you know it's it's tough and th- just this district with like you said with with Riesel, rosebud lot and these guys this district just seems a lot more wide open and yeah. it's going to be really really interesting to see how it plays out because it's because crawford's just not the clear-cut favorite anymore and it's and it's especially with how 
crazy good. Riesel has been defensively. They haven't given up a point since week one. And just seeing the the potential number of ways that this district could shake out, it's it's unlike anything we've seen in this district for the last couple years. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. So thanks again to Matt Stepp for the weekly question of the yeah the weekly question of the week. <laughs> uh, but before we dive into our week six uh, preview, again as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the sports director of the Waco Tribune Herald, Bryce Cherry. Again, we're going to cut this up into two parts. Uh, so we'll play, we'll split it up and we'll, we'll have the 6A, 5A, and 4A talks with Bryce. And then we'll come back to you and preview uh, the big schools. And then we'll talk with Bryce on the small schools and have our small school preview. And then we'll round it out with the pickums. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, join Bryce Cherry along with Kenny Heath as they talk about the big school districts here in Central Texas. Okay, I'm here with Bryce Cherry. The sports editor of the Waco Trib. Bryce, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good, Kenny. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we were talking earlier. You're kind of busy today. First day of Baylor basketball practice. Uh, let's let's kind of review the first five weeks. Uh, we'll start at the big schools and kind of move our way down. I think the biggest classification, I mean, the only 6A district, you know, both of us kind of cover is 12-6A. Midway getting their, their first win of the season, which is also uh, their first district win. Uh, what do you uh, think about the Panthers this year? you think they're fixing to go on a little roll here? I think they've got a shot to. Uh, so I've, I've seen them multiple times with a daughter over at Midway on the drill team. So uh, I've been at a, a number of their games and covering the Panthers. And um, got a big upgrade at quarterback this year, Ty Brown, the move in from Belton. He's playing really well. Um, one of my other writers, Zach Smith, compared him to Josh Allen, which, I mean, I can kind of see where he's going with that. He's, he's a big kid. And, um, and, you know, that's pretty high praise, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he really brings a lot to that team. Um, they've got some other explosive weapons on, on offense. Jackson Baird, I think, is a breakout guy. He's a, a guy that Shane Anderson recruited from the baseball team. This is his first varsity season. First, I should say first football season as a senior in high school. Uh, but he's 6'5". Uh, he's pretty fast. And he's having a great year as a receiver for, uh, you know, for Midway. And I just think... I think that the schedule that Shane put together, while it, uh, I think, weighed on them the fact that they did not get any wins out of it, it, do- it does prepare you well for just play. And we saw that last year. Uh, Midway also beat Hutto in the district opener last year. Now, I don't think Hutto is any world beater. They've got a great quarterback who's going to be going to Texas Tech, uh, Will Hammond. But uh, defensively, I think, you know, they give up a lot of points. And that's still the area, I think, where Midway has to get uh, better. But they are making strides. Um, this week, they got a big game at home against Harker Heights, the defending district champion. I don't think Harker Heights is nearly as good as they were last year. So it's a winnable game for Midway, and I, I think they're really all in this district 
uh, could be pretty winnable. So, uh, yes, they do have the potential to go on a run. Um, I can't really see them with the team they have right now, you know, going on like an unbeaten run through district. But uh, just getting back in the playoffs would be a big deal for the, the Panthers. Yeah, you look at that district compared to where kind of the magazine, uh, Dave Campbell's kind of predicted the finish, and it's kind of upside down going in the district. Now, you know, of course, a lot of things can change, but you've got a, a Temple team at one and four that, you know, they thought would finish in the top two, and then a, a Weiss team that they thought maybe was going to be a third or fourth place spot. They're five and zero, oh, so it ought to be competitive this this year. Um, going down to five A with Belton and uh, University, that that game's looming here. I don't know, I don't know exactly when they play that game, but I'm uh, I think. That'll be a good one. Yeah, I, I want to say it might be the last uh, week of the season because it, uh, it, that's right. Yep, last it, year it was. It, it came down to that game last year, and uh, for the district championship, the university was just uh, a few plays away. Belton ended up kicking a field goal to win that that district title. I like what uh, K. Ron Johnson has done at university, um, building on uh, what Kent Laster kind of did there last year with that sort of breakthrough season. Those guys are a year older. Um, I think maybe just a little, you know, a year more confident and experienced and um, you know they're doing some good things there uh, they still have some things to clean up I, I covered them one night on a Thursday night against Coppers Cove and they, they got a big win over Cove a 618 but uh, they also had a ton of penalties that night they had to overcome so they've got some things like that little things that they got to clean up but talent wise uh, university is there. So I, I think uh, they're only con- going to continue to build and, um, you know, could, could have a pretty good little program here because a lot of their guys that they're leaning on are like sophomores. Yeah, and then let's go down to 5AD2 uh, Waco's district with the Lake Belt and Midlothian and Red Oak. Man, poor Waco, that, that's a tough district. That You know, that kind of reminds me of that. Uh, that that Lorena district was at eleven three a man. That that's a pretty solid district, and I just don't see Waco getting a whole lot of breaks in that district. No, exactly. I, I, it's it's sort of disheartening for Lyndon Hill's team because I think there's a chance they're making progress. I mean, they they played uh, Granbury a lot tougher. They got blown out by Granbury last year, then they played Granbury this year, and it's like a three point game, but. Uh, as you said, I mean, that district just really gives you no breaks. Um, so it's it's hard to, to make a lot of progress from a win-loss standpoint when you're playing the likes of Red Oak and, and Lake Belton and all those teams. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a district loaded with talent. We saw Red Oak and Lake Belton play an ESPN game on Thursday night. You know, I mean, that shows uh, the kind of talent uh, that that district has because you had, you know, two of the best receivers in the state going up against each other. Um, you know, Red Oaks kid, I can't remember his name, but obviously Micah Hudson, the late yeah. belting kid, who's going to be going uh, to Texas Tech. So, um, yeah, that, that district is loaded, and so it's it's an uphill climb for the Lions. 
All right, let's go down to 4AD1. With, you got China Spring, La Vega, Steamville, and, and a really an Alvarado team that may challenge for that district championship. They've got some impressive wins. China Spring coming in at 3 and 2, a loss to uh, Melissa, which there's nothing wrong with that. That team is a uh, top ranked in 5AD2. Uh, you think that kind of holds true? China Spring gets another district championship here and maybe challenges for a state title again? I'm certainly not going to count China Spring out. Now, uh, obviously, you know, a couple of losses here in in non-district play, um, you know, and I I do think they understand that you just can't roll the ball out there and expect to win state championships. I mean, um, but they do have uh, still a lot of talent. They did lose some really good playmakers from – from those back-to-back state championship teams. But you do have, you know, arguably the best quarterback in Central Texas and Cash McCollum still hasn't thrown an interception on the season yet. Um, and, you know, Kyle Barton is one of the best running backs. And just uh, some, some other guys that, you know, are filling roles and, and stepping into new roles. Uh, yes, I think China Spring is going to be a tough out in the playoffs. But, uh, again, you just can't, like, assume a state championship. I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to get there. So, um, you know, they're going to have to continue to work hard and grind and then, you know, build as the season progresses. Yeah, and then you look at La Vega and you, you keep thinking that uh, they're going to get that their defense kind of shored up. But they, they're giving up a lot of points. And this district schedule, you know, it's tough for them. It is. I do think uh, they're they're on the upswing. I think from maybe where they were last year. Um, uh, like you said, I mean that's something that uh, Las Vegas kind of hung its hat on as defense over the years. And so you know, I know it grinds uh, Don Hyde's gears when they <laughs> aren't giving up you know that many points and yards and stuff. Um, so that's a work in progress. But I, I do kind of like how La Vega is progressing. And, um, you know, Bryson Rowland, one of the best running backs in Central Texas, they always seem to have just some big old beefy linemen at La Vega. I, mean, I don't know how they find those guys, but, uh, but they always have some, some good linemen and, and kind of continuing the tradition that uh, Leroy Colvin had going there as the O-line coach before he passed away. Um, so, yeah, I think I think La Vega's on a good trending, you know, trending upward, but as you said, still has to figure some things out defensively. All right, let's drop down to 4AD2. We'll start with the – let's go Hillsboro in that district, uh, District 4, 4AD2. Hillsboro, you know, lost a tough one against Robinson last week. It was, uh, I think, 21 to nothing, which says a lot about Robinson and what Coach Lancaster's done over there. You kind of thought that that offense might get a spark with them putting the new quarterback in, but – didn't seem to, to do anything there. I, th- I still think Hillsborough has a chance to uh, compete with Godley for, for second in that district and maybe challenge uh, Glenrose because they're kind of down. Yeah, and I think what's going to help Hillsborough is they got some veteran defenders on that team, you know, so I think their defense will keep them in a lot of games even when the offense might be struggling. I mean, the issue I think has been – uh, that they've been without their quarterback and that he's been out with injury. Um, Moses Rangel, I believe mm-hmm. is his name. Um, 
So, you know, you get him back, and then, you know, then that's always a pretty key position for any football team. So, uh, and certainly you have to kind of, you know, applaud the schedule that, that Hillsborough's been playing. And, um, but as you mentioned, going to play a tough Robinson team that last week that's really on the rise, um, you know, it, you can still take lessons out of that even though you took, uh, took the L. <laughs> Yeah, and let's go down to 11 4 AD2. Uh, here, I don't know, again, I don't know the exact day, but you got a pretty good little showdown coming up with Conley and Madisonville, who's Madisonville's a top 10 team. And it's pretty, it's a pretty uh, solid district with the 4 1 Robinson, like we talked about. And then a Salado team that's been playing some uh, pretty heavy hitters and a Gatesville team that's uh, got a couple quality wins themselves. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, I mean, it's uh, it's a it's a good district for sure. I mean, Conley, if you ask me, kind of going into the season would be the team to beat. And you mentioned Madisonville and the fact that you know they obviously put together a really good season. Uh, but it, I'm not sure anyone. Um, there, there are not a lot of teams in Central Texas that have more just sheer talent. No. <laughs> I mean, um, and sometimes it's, you know, putting it all together. Um, obviously, we saw, you know, them play against China Spring a couple weeks ago and 102 points were scored in that game. I don't think there was a ton of defense being played. And, and I got some reports out of that game that, um, you know, that Kobe Black, while he made a, a pretty good – sizable impact on offense that night was, uh, you know, was getting beat a little bit on defense, which is where he's being recruited. I mean, it's yeah. really deep. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not calling out any kid or anything. I mean, um, for one, it's tough to play two-way football. I mean, you know, and um, and obviously he's a guy playing it at the 4A level, you know, a guy that they rely on a lot on both sides of the ball. But um, I do think they, they want to be better defensively than they've shown. But, I mean, you also have to look at the teams that play in the Brownwoods and the and the China Springs of the world. So uh, I think Conley is, is still the team to beat, uh, even with, uh, you know, the season Madisonville's been putting together. Uh, as for those other teams, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be a fight to get into the playoffs because, you know, Robinson is playing well. Um, you mentioned Gatesville getting a good win last week. Um, I like what Aaron Hunter's doing in that game. And as much as uh, Robinson and Gatesville like to run the ball, uh, that could be like an hour and 20 minute game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sign me up for that one. It's yeah. A good one. That's a quick, yeah, and you know, uh, going back to Conley, you know, it's kind of like you said about La Vega. You know, they 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 like to play really good defense and and run the ball and control the clock and their defense. And to to their credit, like you said again, is the, you know they played a lot of tough competition, and so I think it's Madisonville Conley in that top two spot. Those last three, I think Salado can give uh, Robinson and Gatesville a game uh, on a on a certain night. So I think it'll be a dogfight for those last two spots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that one is one I would not be surprised if it comes down to week 11, you know, just to figure it all out. And that was the part one of uh, Kenny's interview with Bryce Cherry, the sports director, the sports director rather, of the 
uh, Waco Tribune Herald. Thanks again to Bryce for joining us. And again, you'll hear more from him later on in the show. But let's dive into this first big school game of the week. 4-0 Red Oak on the road to take on 3-2 Colleen Shoemaker Gray Wolves. Red Oak coming off their bye week. And honestly, when you look at this Red Oak team, Kenny, they're probably likely the favorites to win this district, especially after defeating Lake Belton in the district opener a couple weeks ago. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? You know, Red Oak is a really good football team. Uh, you know, they've got those, you know, Taz Williams, I think uh, Dave Campbell came out and said he was the most offered 2025 recruit in that class. Mm-hmm. And then they got uh, another wide receiver, Braden Robinson, uh, Quick Six is his Twitter <laughs> handle, which I think is awesome. Love that. Uh, he's a four-star guy, 2026. So they've just got this offense that can just score points in a hurry. Uh Shoemaker got a really good running back in Jared Hicks Maddox. Uh, I just think Red Oak's probably gonna, you know, they're I think they're the, you know, they're the favorite in that mm-hmm. district. You know, they knocked off Lake Belton on national TV, uh, which was a great game. You know, we yes, covered that was. one. Uh, but Taz Williams, Braden Robinson, just I think too much talent on that Red Oak roster. Yeah, and Shoemaker, I mean, they're they're battle tested. They've had a really tough stretch, including this week. Three of the last four games at Midlothian, they lost by nine. And then at Lake Belton, or they, no, they had Lake Belton at home, but they also lost by nine. So they're being really competitive with these really good, you know, prohibitive favorites out of this district. So they've been competitive, but Red Oak is probably their biggest test yet. They uh, Shoemaker defeated Clean Ellison by 48 last week, probably built a little bit of confidence there. I don't think this is going to be. I mean, I have Red Oak winning, but I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout. I think, I think Shoemaker's going to surprise some people because they've been, again, they've been within 10 points of the other prohibitive favorites in this district. I think it'll be competitive. I think it'll only be like a 10-point game. Yeah, they got all, they're getting all their tough games out of the way. And yeah. I, I think they're the fourth-place seed. Oh, they're, 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 they're going to get a playoff spot, no doubt. Yeah, but, you know, Midlothian, Lake Belton, then they had Ellison, and then now they got Red Oak. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they got the, the three – tough test out of the way well mm-hmm. fixing to get them all out of the way and then yeah. i think they'll cruise the rest of the way i think so i think so as well but yeah we'll have red oak coming out on top on the road at colleen shoemaker in this one and another one of the games that we talked about or that kenny talked about with bryce earlier in the uh, interview harker heights on the road at waco midway not too far of a drive midway getting their first uh, play or play first win of the season last week in a shootout over Huddo, 45 to 42. A Huddo team that, you know, I think you and I both had as a playoff team out of this district as well. So a nice win there for Shane Anderson and company. Yeah. Uh, you know, Midway quarterback Ty Brown, kind of like a true dual threat. Oh, dude. Yeah. He can throw the ball, he can run the ball. They got a really good wide receiver in Jackson Baird. Uh, they may have found something now. You know, they were 0 4. They, they, they get the win. But, you know, Harker Heights hitting the pushover. You know, they got a really good quarterback over there themselves, Dylan Plague. Uh, they beat a Permian team that beat uh, Midway. So, mm-hmm. this will be a good one. Yeah, and you look at Harker Heights. They're coming off – you know, they lost to Weiss last week, which, again, Weiss is one of those teams that have kind of been one of the big surprises in the state so far. They lost to Pflugerville Weiss by 38 points last week. And again, we, we I, I figured it would be a little bit more competitive. But I think just – that game speaks more to Weiss than it does to Harker Heights. I mean, with Harker Heights, again, we've talked about it before. When you got to replace an you know, all-world running back like Rashawn Samford, it's just it's tough to find a you know once-in-a-generation type guy to fill in that role. And with Weiss being – Weiss is the most complete team out of this district, and I think they've separated themselves, especially with that win – 
you know, you know, very decisive win over Harker Heights last week. They become the favorites to to win District Six or District Twelve Six A. But um, again, with Harker Heights, I think they're going to be coming into this game a little PO'd about just because of the result from last week and on the road at Midway and a Midway team that's got to be you know again getting their first win against a. Uh, you know, a decent Hutto team, a Hutto team that might not be right up to the level that we expected, but they're still a good football team. And to win in a shootout 45-42, I think both teams, you know, have a chip on their shoulder because Midway just proved, hey, we can, w- we can win. We can win yeah. in this district. And then Harker High saying, well, we just got our butt handed to us last week, and now we got something to prove as well. So I think it's going to make for a really good football game. Yeah, and, you know, Weiss is – uh, 15th in the state. That's what the, uh-huh. the magazine had. And we both picked Harker Heights to beat Weiss last week. Uh-huh. We really didn't know what the heck we were talking about. I Curtis, guess not. <laughs> Curtis had Weiss winning. But, yeah, yeah. this is going to be, you know, this is a playoff implications right here. You know, uh-huh. Mid- Midway, you know, Temple's really not doing what most people thought they were going to do. I think they're mm-hmm. one and four also. So it's about to get uh, down and dirty in that district and, and yeah. figure out who's who. And, uh I think I'm going to lean toward – I got Midway on my pick sheet. I think I'll stick with them. I think Midway may have found something with mm-hmm. the Jackson Baird and Ty Brown, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think I got Midway. I like it. I'm going to – I'm first one we're split on, I'm going to go with Harker Heights in this one. Uh, just again, I think – I think they're, again, I think they're going to come to this game – kind of pissed off and oh, right. yeah. especially especially just how they lost last week and again like midway they both got something to prove here i think harker heights is going to win this one and so uh before we dive into our two small school week six preview games uh, we will continue our interview with bryce cherry and take a look at uh, class 3a down to the six man ranks uh we don't really talk much six man here but because again I don't know a whole lot about six man, to be honest about, you know, the, the rules and everything. I, you know, a lot, a lot about the teams and everything, but, uh, uh, let's dive into this interview with Bryce Cherry as we talk the small school football teams in central Texas. So let's move down to, uh, seven, three, a real quick, uh, Whitney West about the only local teams. Uh, you got May program you on the, so Whitney beat West uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, not, you know, some had Whitney finishing second, some had West finishing third. You kind of just looked at the experience that Whitney had, although they hadn't beaten them in three years. So it's kind of a surprise, but, uh, it was a good win for them, and now they have Grandview looming after a couple of, uh, you know, they got a Maypole, Dallas Madison, and a couple of those charter schools. I think week nine they got Grandview coming up, which may be for the district championship. That kind of shaking out the way you thought it would, or are you a little surprised? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm a little surprised. I mean, obviously, um, you know, West did lose some really, really tough playmakers, you know, that they, they counted on, uh, not just even playmakers, but um, fine men, you know, guys like Cash Fuller, and uh, of course, T.J. McCutcheon was a great back for West, and so, um, uh, you know, it, the, the Whitney game did surprise me a little bit, and I, I just think it's a sign of maybe where Whitney is right now on the rise, playing really well. Um, but the other thing that really just strikes me about that district, I mean, is just 
you have a very sort of clear division of power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have the Grand Views and West and Whitney's of the world. I mean, maybe you could throw Dallas Madison in there. But then, as you mentioned, some of those other charter schools, you know, the inspired visions and A-pluses of the world, um, you know, there's a there's a definite difference in the, in the talent. And so I think, you know, it's not as hard to figure out who the playoff team is probably – should be out of that district um, you know maybe maybe somebody's fighting four and five or something you know for that last spot but uh, but yeah I mean I like what uh, Coach Haynes is doing at Whitney and um, you know they're explosive they got you know some just really you know tough kids and um and, you know, they do have to go on the road this week to uh, a pretty good Dallas-Madison team. But uh, but I still like, you know, the Wildcats in that game and even as a potential um, district champion, although obviously Grandview is tough too. Yeah. Okay, let's go to 8-3-A. And, you know, Malakoff has kind of ran that district for a while. They're perennial region favorites over there. But, you know, Coach Linscombe over at Teague has done a great job. And really, you can't count out Coach Beaumont Grossbeck. He's put together a pretty good little season there. And then they're running the ball a lot instead of, you know, slinging around like they usually do. That's going to be an interesting district race, in my opinion, for two, three, for the two and three spots, I think. Yeah, and I think the Goats made kind of a statement last week in the Battle of the River with Mahaya. Um, they handled that game pretty uh, pretty handily. Um, and, you know, it's a rivalry game, so anytime you can do that, uh, I want to say it was Grosbeck's uh, they, they won the last year Battle of the River, so it's two years in a row. It was like the first time since the early 90s that they had beaten Mahaya two years in a row in that long-time rivalry. Um, so, yeah, the Goats are, are going well. Um, and as you mentioned, I think Teague is one of those teams. You can't sleep on the Lions. Um, I think defensively, they're really tough. And, um, they, you know, they've shown some things this season. So, uh, Malakoff is, you know, the favorite for a reason, but teams like Teague and Grosbeck, you know, are not going to be easy to beat. No, no, they're, they're pretty stout over there. I don't think anybody wants to play Teague or Grosbeck in the first round of the playoffs. All right, let's go down to – let's do 8-2A Division One, which kind of a surprise last week with the, with the Rosebud Lot knocking off Crawford. That's kind of a muddy – Deal there, trying to pick the winner. You got a four and zero Riesel team. Uh, Marlins two and two, Crawford's two and two, and a Rosebud lot that got their first win of the season against Crawford. Yeah, it, it was surprising. I mean, uh, so we on our podcast, on the Super Syntax podcast, had uh, all eight of those eight two eight coaches uh, on on the podcast last week, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I called that district the, the central Texiest of all the <laughs> Because, you know, you, you are talking about eight local schools. There's really no outliers out there. I mean, everybody's uh, six of the eight are in McLennan County. Two are just right outside. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it shapes up as probably at least among the top five or six to be a pretty competitive district. I mean, I do think... Uh, some teams like Bosqueville and Bruce Filetti right now are, are in a down 
cycle. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough go for Bosqueville this year, but uh, the win by Rosebud Lot over Crawford. Um, so again, when we had those guys on the podcast, um, they, you know, there was some coach speak in there and a lot of talk about you know just how much we respect you know this opponent and that opponent and um, I, I just remember Coach Jacobs talking about the respect that he has for Rosebud Lot, and later on I was like. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it was a surprising win because Rosebud Lott, that was their first win of the season. And to knock off Crawford, long time, you know, power, I do think it shows a little bit of uh, Crawford kind of, kind of coming back to earth. Uh, to a certain extent, you know, we saw them um, get beaten pretty easily to a state-ranked uh, Centerville team earlier in the season. Um, I just think, you know, they're they're figuring some things out with some of these young guys. Uh, they they had some guys on that team the last few years that were like four-year starters, you know, yeah. and, and Luke Torbert. Uh, so they're, you know, they've got some guys that are figuring out some new roles at Crawford, and I think that that opens it up. Uh, really, I mean, I think Riesel is a team that Riesel Rosebud Lot game this week shapes up as a really uh, interesting game. Um, Riesel has pitched three shutouts in a row, so uh, Robert Little and the Indians have it going. I don't think that's a defense you want to go up against. Yeah, and I, and I really wouldn't count Valley Mills uh, out of, of maybe not somebody off up there and then compete for that fourth spot. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It is, absolutely. I thought that to me it's one of the most fun districts we have just because those schools play each other in all sports and, um, and you know, they're, they're close neighbors. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes it a lot of fun. And uh, I think that's the one to watch. It'll be one of the more competitive districts. So let's go. So we'll hop down to uh, District Seven or go back up to Seven. Uh, you know, Axel. Really, I think they're. Just, you know, they were the favorite going in, in my opinion, and I just don't think anybody challenges them. And I talked to Craig Horn last week. Of course, I didn't say this to him because he would probably not reply back. But you know, if the dominoes fall right, you know, Axel could have a little run. And wouldn't see Toler until the regional finals, you know, with a with a Crawford down. But you do have an athletic Marlin team in there. Uh, I think Axel's probably, you know, they're going to go and challenge and maybe prime for a, a pretty good run in the playoffs. No doubt, and I think uh, Axel's kind of one of the, the stories of the season in Central Texas right now. They have so one of the stories I'm going to be doing this week, um, just in our high school notebook, is uh, looking at teams that have had some success defensively this year with pitching shutouts. And I mentioned Riesel already, uh, but Axel's another one. They have three shutouts in five games, uh, giving up like twenty something points on the season. So yeah, Craig Horn's team is is getting it done on that side of the ball. And that that to me is always the mark of a team that will will go deep, you know, in the playoffs because um you know, it's one thing to score points, but uh, you can always get in a game where somebody might have a little bit more talent and win a shootout against you. But if the defense travels, man, and it travels in the playoffs, and um, you know that's 
that's a you know an Axel team that could play into December for sure. All right, let's go down to 10 2A Division II. Our buddy uh, Kevin Hoffman down there at Mart, uh, kind of like that Axel district. I just don't see anybody challenging Mart. It's been like that for several years now. Uh, I think they're I think they're primed for another run for the state at the state title. What do you think? Yeah, and I think it's almost like you know we 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 just assume with Mark that they're going to be there, and which is never really fair to. But that's the standard that they they set out in Mark, you know. And Kevin Hoffman does such a great job there, continuing that long time tradition that they have. But um, yeah, I think it probably really stuck in their craw getting to state last year and losing. And so, you know, I think that probably has motivated this smart team this season. And, and yeah, they're just clicking along. We saw what they did two weeks ago to Centerville. Um, you know, again, a state-ranked top 10 team. And, and Mark, you know, just did Mark, did what Mark does, you know? And then, uh, as you mentioned, they're head and shoulders above everyone else in that district. I mean, I think teams like Wortham and Dawson are pretty good. Um, but and even Frost is, you know, that I think I like what Coach Gibson's doing there. They've had some ups and downs this year. Um, you know, Heiko's not bad, but none of them are on the, the level of Mark. No, and, and we usually don't talk six uh, six man, but uh, our neighbors down the road from us, Aquila, has broken into the top ten of the six man rankings, and uh, of course Abbott's going to be in there. You think Abbott gets back to the state championship, and what kind of chance does Aquila have to get in there and make some noise? I mean, just from a personal standpoint, I would love to see Abbott make it back and try to win win one for. Terry Crawford, I, uh, I think everyone, to me, Terry Crawford is kind of the, the Ray Biles of six-man football around here in that, you know, when Ray Biles and Lorena broke through and won, everyone was like, yes, you know, because he's just a good guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, to Terry Crawford's credit, he already has a, a state championship, you know, that Adam won a few years ago. Um, last year, they get there, they, uh, they get beat, um, so I think they have that motivation. They have the motivation to try to send Terry out in his last season uh, with, you know, with a, a state championship. And, and we saw it uh, a similar, you know, kind of deal in baseball where uh, 2022 they they get to state in baseball. They kind of get handed to them in the state semifinal game. This year they got back and, and they closed it out. So maybe, you know, football can kind of follow a similar trajectory where they take the lessons that they learned from that state run in, in 2022 and, and use it this season. But uh, I really like that six-man district that they're in. Yeah, you mentioned Aquila um, and what they've done. They've got a great, you know, kid, Hagen Williams, who just makes plays all over the field. But uh, I like what Golson has done this season. I mean, uh, they've been a, a tough team. They're really on the rise. And, and so I think uh, that second um, playoff spot with, like, Golson, Coolidge, and Aquila, uh, man, you know, those are some pretty good teams fighting it out uh, just for two playoff spots. 
Hey, Bryce, we appreciate your time, man. This was a long one. We'll probably have to break it up in two sections at the podcast. But uh, it was good to sit down and do a review, and uh, we'll have you back on and maybe around playoffs, and we'll, we'll preview some playoff games. Maybe we'll meet Jay down there at the Hall of Fame and sit down and do it. Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, Bryce, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. No problem. And that was the second part and the final part to the interview that Kenny had with the sports director of the Waco Tribune, Harold Bryce Cherry. Again, thanks again to Bryce for joining us on today's show. Now it's diving to this first of our two small school previews this week as one in three Rosebud Lot getting their first win with a very nice 28-27 win over Crawford last week. And they'll be on the road to take on an unbeaten Riesel team that has not given up one point since week one. They've outscored their opponents 140-12 to 12 through the first four weeks of the season, Kenny. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a good one. You know, yeah, uh, you I think got so. the big quarterback for Riesel, Gavin Oliver. Uh, big dude. Doesn't really, they don't throw the ball a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're run-based uh, offense for the most part. Uh, then you look at that defense, dude. You know, uh, as Bryce said, they, they did a story about that in the Waco Trib. And, yeah. you know, you got names like DeGreat and Phillips and Holscher and then another Oliver and Grayson Oliver. The defense is doing a really good job. Uh, the Oliver, their dad, was a heck of an athlete over at Clifton. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, those dudes are going to be pretty good athletes. And you look at Rosebud Lott, they got a freshman quarterback in Price Raybroker. Kind of, you know, don't know his – didn't look up a whole lot of his stats. But, uh, you know, they started off rough, 0-3, and, and, and got that big win against Crawford. And like we said, we don't know if that's a, a one-off for Crawford or Crawford's going to be down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a really good athlete in Jamarcus uh, Johnson. I remember him from last year. The kid can play some football. So, this is going to be a good one. Uh, I'm tending to lean towards Riesel. Yeah, I agree. With their defense and and, uh, just the – you know, I think they kind of churn the clock, run the ball, Mm -hmm. eat it up, uh, muddy the waters a little bit, and uh, play good defense and win ball games. Yeah, it's hard hard to ask a freshman quarterback to try to go out there and put up a bunch of points on a team that has three straight shutouts. So, it'll be a tough test for Rosebud Lot, but hey – they, they proved that they can hang with the big boys, at least, again, we don't know exactly where Crawford's at with the result of that win. But st- regardless, it's still a huge and a great win for Rosebud Lott to go out there and beat Crawford like that. So it, it adds so much intrigue to this game. But again, defense wins championships, the old adages. And when you haven't given up any points since week one, I think that's the team I'm going to lean with as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's going to be, you know, it's going to tell you a lot about that district and, yeah, and how it's, it's going to shake out. And, it's another uh, measuring stick for Rosebud Lodge. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a good one. I would like to go watch that game. Uh, yeah. I, I won't be able to, but I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it'll be a good one as well. So we'll both take Riesel in that one. And then our, our last of the previews today, again, I want to mention, you know, the reason we usually try to preview like seven to ten games here on the show, but we only – we drew it down to four this week just because so much of the state is on by this week. I think – like almost 40% of the state's on by, about a little over 500 teams. And that's just because how the number of teams in each district shape out, like all the even uh, even numbered districts, you know, they all take the bye week before district play starts. So that's the only reason for that. But our fourth game and final game of the week six preview, probably the game of the week in Central Texas, as you got 5-0 and Little River Academy on the road to take on 3-2 and Lorena. How about this game, Kenny? Man, what a game Braylon Henry had last week against uh-huh. Cameron Yo. You know, it's just – I know it's cliche, but it's just that next man up type deal at uh, Lorena. You know, they lost their running back we talked about in our preview. I think he hurt himself in a, in a scrimmage. Really good running back. Mm-hmm. And, well, here comes Braylon Henry, who started at linebacker in a state championship game, and now he's – 
rushing for 300 yards against Cameron Yo in a district game. Uh, their quarterback, Cason Roberts, is that his name, Cason Roberts? I think, I think that's yeah, right. Caden Roberts, Cason Roberts. He's done a really good job. You know, we were kind of surprised that uh, Jackson Generals kind of stepped out of that role, and they kind of have him as a Swiss Army knife type deal. And uh, looks like it's working out. You know, they've had a rough schedule, but beat a really good Cameron Yo team uh, last week that mm-hmm. I had finishing ahead of Lorena. And then you look at Little River Academy, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, great quarterback in Casey Mraz, kind of like you said, a field general type dude. Doesn't get frazzled. Uh, can sling the ball around. They got a really good running back in Cavalli Neely. Uh, they've got some solid wide receivers over there. They got really good line play. You know, I, mm-hmm. I watched that uh, game against Troy, and then I watched them a little bit against Hillsboro. And uh, they're big. They're some. Mm-hmm. They're big. You yeah. Know? And I think they may be able to, maybe not match up all the way with Lorena's size. Because L- Lorena's probably got the biggest. Yeah. Up front in the entire but district. I don't think it's going to be that much of an advantage for Lorena as it has been in past games for mm-hmm. them. You know, of course they played La Vega and some other teams that are uh, big, but. I don't know which way to go on this. I'm really – I think I'm going to go Lorena – or I'm sorry, Little River Academy because I just think they've got something this year. They're a really good ball team. Lorena's battling injuries. I don't, did, I don't even know if did Jaden Porter play last week or – I don't know. I didn't I don't check, know if I he's healthy or not. We'll have to check the box score on that. So, you know they're missing their one of their starting running backs, which they – you know, Braden, Braylon Henry is filled in well. But I, I'm just going to go with Little River Academy. Yeah, I, I, I agree as well. And – when you look at this game, this is undoubtedly the biggest game of the season for both teams because when you look at the remaining schedule for both teams, really, whoever wins this is going to be playing Franklin for the district championship. And either way, it'd be for the end of the, at the end of the season. If Lorena wins this game, and then they, every, all the card, cards fall right, they take care of business the rest of the way, they'll have Franklin – They'll be at Franklin in Week 10, and that'll be for the district championship. And it'll be the exact same for Academy, but they would have – they'd be also be playing at Franklin in Week 11 for the district championship. So, I think – Well, hold on. Tap your brakes here. Uh-huh. Little River Academy still has Cameron Yeo. So oh, that's a good that's point. That's a big that's test a good point. for them. That's you know, a good point. I wouldn't pencil that in as a W, that, even if they do beat Lorena. That's a good point. I would not pencil in mm. that game with Franklin as a district championship because Cameron Yeo's got something to say about that, I imagine. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. But still, regardless, it puts them in a lot better position absolutely. to battle for the district championship, at least. That's probably what I, what I should have said. Yeah. But either way, yeah, you can never count out the Yeoman. There's no doubt about that. But still, this is going to be an exciting game. I think – I don't know if it'll be high scoring. I see this being like a 28-24 type game. But – I think I think I'm gonna pick Academy too, man. I, I think I think they're gonna win this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Who knows? It could be. It's, a, it's tough. It could be 14 to 10. It could be 47 to 45. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't know. Uh, both teams are capable of playing pretty good defense. Oh, you know, yeah. Little River held a uh, pretty good Troy team to 21 mm-hmm. last week. Yep. So uh, did the same thing to a Hillsborough team. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go a Little River, but, man, I'd like to go watch this one. Yeah, I'd like to see this one as well. And that'll do it for our Week 6 preview. We covered Harker Heights at Midway, Red Oak at Shoemaker, Rosebud Lot at Riesel, then Little River Academy at Lorena. And now we'll round things out, as we always do, with our Week 6 pickums. And then, so let's just jump right into this one. We will start Whitney Wildcats on the road in Seagoville to play the Dallas Madison Trojans. 
Who do you and Curtis Quillen, the former director at KCEN, have on this one? Well, we both have Whitney. I'm going to go with the Wildcats as well. Let's Hold on. Let's talk about this game for a minute. Okay. Did you see the West-Madison game? Or, you know, Madison, I, saw, I saw the score. They scored some points against mm-hmm. West. Now, I don't know. I mean, they're, they didn't run the ball real well, but, man, they would mm-hmm. take their deep shots. And, you know, they were a bunch of 50-50 balls they got. Yeah. And I think they scored 26 on them, 26 Yeah, I think the final was 37-26. So, I'm going to be interested to see if, you know, if Whitney's DBs can kind of corral these uh, these very fast. You know, that quarterback. They're very athletic. That quarterback yeah. likes to scramble around and just sling it. So, that's going to be interesting to see uh, – what that Whitney defense does against this Madison team. Yeah, for sure. But we do have Whitney across the board. And now let's dive into another one. Pflugerville, the Panthers, will be on the road to take on the Colleen Chaparral. What are they? The, the Bobcats. The Bobcats. I, I almost said Chaparral's, but I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. The Bobcats, name. yeah. It'd be very fitting. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I got Pflugerville. I'm going to take the Pflugerville Panthers as well. Do you know that that team's based on the uh, – or the team from Friday Night Lights, the TV yeah, show, is based on big, Pflugerville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Mineral Wells, the Rams on the road to take on the Gatesville uh, Hornets. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I got Mineral Wells. I'll take, I'll take Gatesville on this one. Who does Curtis got? He's got Mineral Wells. I forgot to write that one down, so hold on. You got Gatesville. Got right, yep. Lake Belton at Cleburne. I assume we got the lake across the board here. Yep. Then Axtell at Kearns. I'll take the Longhorns here. Yeah, Axtell across. Then Springtown on the road at the Connolly Cadets. Who do y'all got in this one? We got Rocket Rocket. You mean Cadet Cadet? I'm sorry, Cadet Cadet. Cadet Cadet. <laughs> make, make, <laughs> make that Cadet Cadet Cadet. Then we have Dawson at Hubbard. I'll take Dawson in this one. Uh, I got Dawson. Curtis has Hubbard. Toller at Hamilton. Toller. I got Toller Snake Farms. Midlothian at Colleen. This is an interesting one. I'll take the Midlothian yeah, team, though. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be very interesting. I got Midlothian. Uh, Curtis has Colleen. Ellison at Waco High. Now, this one should definitely be interesting. Who do you have in this one? I got Ellison, and Curtis has Ellison. I'll take Waco High. I try to get one up on y'all. Rao Vista at Italy. Who do you got in this one? Uh, Italy, Italy. I'm going to take Italy as well. Wortham at Meridian. I'll take Wortham. Yeah, Wortham. Elgin at Belton High. Who do you have in this one? I got Belton, and Curtis has Belton. I'll take Belton as well. Red Oak at Shoemaker. I'm going to stick with Red Oak here. Yeah, Red Oak across. Then uh, Rosebud Lot at Riesel. I know you and I have Riesel. What does Curtis say? Curtis has got the lot. Like it. McGregor at Troy. I'll take the Trojans here. Yeah, Troy across. Then Academy at Lorena. I got Bumblebees here. Yeah, we got Lorena or Little River Academy across the board. Rockdale at Franklin. 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 Valley Mills at Crawford. I think Crawford gets a bounce back win here. Yep, Crawford across. Then a very interesting cross-classification matchup. One of the few ones we have left is district play starting across the state. And three division one, Yoakum traveling to Bellamy to take on the La Vega Pirates. Who do you have in this one? I got La Vega, and this is part of that district that we were talking about with Columbus mm-hmm. and Hitchcock and Houseville. Yep. And, you know, this Yoakum team's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, they beat a, Cam- a pretty good Cameron Yo team. Convincingly. Yeah. And so uh, I got La Vega. Curtis has Yoakum. I'm going to take Yoakum as well. Harker Heights at Midway. 
game game that we kind of went back and forth on. I know we're split on this one. I have Harker Heights. You have Midway. Who does Curtis have? Curtis has Harker Heights. And Blooming Grove at Palmer. Who do you have in this one? I got Blooming Grove. Curtis has Palmer. I'm going to take – ooh, this one's tough. I'm going to go Palmer, actually. I'll go Palmer. Then Marlin at Moody. I will take the Bulldogs of Marlin. Yeah, Bulldogs. Fairfield at Malakoff. Cough, for sure. Yes, sir. Tig at Eustace or Eustacey, however you say it. I, I think it's Eustace. I met a guy that I played baseball with him, and he <laughs> called it Eustace. And I don't know if he was from there or that's just that's what he the said. way he grew up. But it looks like Eustace to me, but he used to call it Eustace. Uh, yeah, we got Tig across the board. Yeah, for sure. And then our final on the week six pickums, we have Temple at Pflugerville Weiss. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I got Weiss. Curtis has Weiss. I'm going to take Weiss as well. And that is it for our week six pickems. And uh, again, uh, kind of a shallow week of games, just with so much of the state being on by this week. Um, do you have any plans to make it out to game this week? I'm going to probably take uh, my kiddos up to Siegelville to go watch Whitney uh, mm. Madison. Of course, my kid, or, you know, I'm, we're from Whitney, so we're going to be there. Um, I'd like to, you know, if it, if I if I didn't have to go to that game or wasn't going to that game, I would flip a coin between the Troy Rosebud Lot mm-hmm. game and Little River Academy Lorena game. I think that'd be a, yeah. And there's, you know, there's some we kind of looked at. You know, if you live in the Central Texas area, you, you can you know you don't see Lake mm-hmm. Belton a whole lot. You can go up to Cleburne and watch them play. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some good teams around here. You know, we talked about an Alvarado team that's going up to Burt Burnett. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a game. You got a game coming up with them in China Spring here pretty Next quick. Week. That's going to be, you know, Alvarado's no slouch, man. No. They look really good this year. Yeah, and they they had a huge win. They had, it was homecoming for them last week, and they beat a very good 4A team in Decatur, 36-35 in overtime. So again, keep an eye keep an eye on those Alvarado Indians, man. They're gonna they're gonna have a chance to make some noise here, but it'll have their probably their biggest test in district play to start things off. But yeah, that's a uh, that's it for our week six edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. Again, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us via email at ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can reach out to us on our social media pages on uh, Facebook, Central Texas Football Podcast. Or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at CTFP Podcast. Thanks again to our guests for joining us with uh, Bryce Cherry and then uh, Matt Stepp for his weekly question of the week as always. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox and we'll talk to you all next week.